We're going to be in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 15 and 16 this morning. So good to see you today, and I, I want to make a couple of announcements as we get started. We, we, I feel we're making more announcements in the last couple of weeks than normally, but it's because we're hosting a conference um, that begins in about uh, eight days, nine days, and uh, we're trying to get ready for it, a lot to, to do to prepare for it, and so I appreciate all the folks who are helping us in doing that. There's a lot more to be done, so we appreciate that, but uh, in related to that, I've been announcing for a couple of weeks that we're going to receive a special offering at the end of the service today. All that will go toward the expenses of the conference. We don't charge anything for the folks who come. We have about 235 uh, registered guests already that are coming. It'll be a, quite an undertaking, and the, no charge to them. We'll feed them uh, throughout the conference. And so, so I, I want us to have a special offering. We'll do that today and tonight after the service. So, and our ushers are going to help us with that. So let's keep that in mind. And then uh, remember to pray for Donna Eichler's family. She attends church here periodically lives next door to the site, Stephen Lars Sites, and she went to be with the Lord yesterday. Thankfully, she had a testimony of salvation. She's had a lot of physical ailments for a while, but we'll probably have a part in that memorial service later this week, but pray for that family, if you would, please. Well, let's get our Bibles to Mark. We're actually going to read a verse in chapter 15 and then read our text in chapter 16. Uh, but if you're able to stand, let's stand together in honor of God's Word, and we'll read the text and have prayer here in a moment. We in, finished up our lesson, our message last week in Mark chapter 15. Let's just look in one verse in that chapter, verse 45. Our verse, excuse me, verse, uh, yes, verse 45. And when he knew it of the centurion, he being Pontius Pilate, when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. So in this verse, Pilate is releasing the lifeless body of Jesus to Joseph of Arimathea. And as we said last week, Joseph of Arimathea, along with Nicodemus, who assisted him, they placed the body of Jesus in this tomb that belonged to Joseph. Because of the Sabbath, they were not able to visit the uh, tomb, the disciples, these women that were present there. And, and a lot of our text today will be about those women again. But uh, in this text that we're going to begin reading in, in chapter 16, these women went to the tomb. And I just want you to try as we read through this passage to imagine yourself in that scene. In these women, it was, it's a pre-dawn visit just as about sunrise, going to this tomb to, to anoint with spices the body of the Lord. And there's a, there's a great mixture in them, emotional mixture, I'm sure, of devotion to the Lord, courage, um, but also a lot of uncertainty. Let's read together beginning in verse 1 of chapter 16. And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising 
of the Son. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? This is a very large stone intended to secure this grave site, this tomb, and they knew they were not able to move it. And so on their way, they're having this conversation. Who's going to help us roll this stone away? Verse 4 says, And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he, this young man, saith unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, there shall you see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. I want to speak for a while this morning on this subject, the faith and fear of following Jesus. And let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. As we heard this morning, how it feeds us. The entrance of thy word giveth light. We're grateful for that. As we pray today, we ask you, Lord, that you would work in our hearts, you'd speak to our hearts, you'd feed our soul. We pray if there are those here today who've never been born again, never received the free gift of eternal life, that today the Spirit would work in their lives through the Word of God. We pray that all of us today would be enriched by your Word. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. We see something in this, a a dynamic really in this text, in this passage that we see often in the Bible, but sometimes we forget about it in life. And that is that there was doubt that existed right alongside devotion in the lives of these women. We we see their devotion. We talked about this last week, if you were with us last week, in the latter part of chapter 15. But but they had extraordinary love for the Lord. Now, you got to keep in mind that Jesus was cruelly treated at the cross. He was beaten, savagely beaten and crucified, hung upon that cross in humiliation and shame. It was a disgrace to be hung upon a cross. It was a a capital punishment. And so it was so traumatic to most of the followers of Jesus that they just all fled and scattered. Most of them were not even there when Jesus died. And his family members wouldn't even claim his body. This is not... This is not make-believe, this is reality. His own family wouldn't claim his body. And it took a secret disciple, Joseph of Arimathea, and along with Nicodemus, both members of the Sanhedrin, 
to come and claim his body and prepare him hurriedly, prepare him for burial because it would not be possible on the Sabbath. The Jewish community honored, revered the Sabbath, and that would not be possible. But, but in that scene, we have these women that were watching him from afar. And even when Joseph and Nicodemus took the body of Jesus to this tomb that uh, belonged to Joseph of Arimathea, and when they took this body to the tomb, these, some of these women, the latter part of Mark 15, the last verse, chapter 47, says that Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. They were so, I'm talking about their devotion, their loyalty, their love of these, the love of these women was extraordinary. They worshiped him. They observed the crucifixion of him. They followed his dead body to the tomb. They brought spices. They bought and brought spices uh, to anoint the body of Jesus. They were there before daylight at the place they watched his body placed in that tomb. And here they are at the break of day with their devotion on full display, their devotion. But along with that, we have their doubt. Their, they had doubts. They, there were things that they certainly did not understand. Number one, they came to anoint his body because they did not expect him to be alive. They thought he was dead. Even though the disciples had been informed numerous times that Jesus would be mistreated, would be crucified, would die, but would rise again. I'm just saying they didn't have a faith without any mixture of doubt. L look with me in Mark chapter 10, if you would just go back just briefly to a page that we covered, a passage we covered months ago. Mark chapter 10 and verse 33. Look what Jesus said in no uncertain terms to his disciples. Mark 10, 33, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be delivered unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, the Roman authority, and they shall mock him, and shall scourge him, and shall spit upon him, and shall kill him. And the third day he shall rise again. There was no mistaking what Jesus said, but I'm just saying these women did not expect him to be alive. The reality is nobody did. None of the closest disciples believed this. You know, we asked the question today. I think it's a good question to ask. Why? Why is it that they could not believe what he said? Why is it they would not believe what he said? And there are a variety of reasons, I think. Uh, first of all, maybe it didn't sync with what they thought about the coming Messiah. He was going to be a king. He would reign. He would replace the Roman Empire. This is what they thought the Messiah would do. And, and him dying did not sync with that. Uh, maybe it was because what they'd seen. I mean, when you see someone beaten, savagely beaten, unlike anything probably anybody in this room has ever witnessed, you don't expect them to be alive three days later. Maybe it's because what they had seen and what they had heard and what they had witnessed. 
You know, looking back on something like us, we look back on the fact that Jesus was alive and we've heard the story many times. We've sung about it for years. We've celebrated his resurrection. Look back on it, we think, you know, dummies, I mean, why couldn't y'all believe what he said? But you know, it's always easier to believe when you're looking back on something that's already happened than when you're looking forward to something that's only been promised. And that's where they were. But whatever the case in these women's lives, no matter how much they might have had doubts, and this is really what the message is about today, they kept going forward. They went to the graveside expecting him to be dead in a dark pre-dawn morning. They went with a lot of uncertainty. Verse 4 tells us, though, that when they got there and when they looked, we're in chapter 16 again, verse 4, And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away. Now there's a lesson in this for us. If we go forward, even if our faith is mixed with a measure of doubt, with what we know, even those much that we do not know, I believe God will take care of the unknown. That's called faith. That's what faith is about. Faith is not just having everything, everything that you can visibly see before you trust in it. Faith is believing what God says, and then you will see what He has for you. Look what it says in verse 5. And in verse 4, they saw that the stone was rolled away. Verse 5, enter, they entered into the sepulcher. Now, again, that's easy to say, but if you're, imagine you're. It's it, it dark and you're in a graveyard and there's an open grave. There's a little bit of uneasiness about walking into that, I would imagine. My wife and I have been in a place that they say could have been the place where Jesus was uh, buried and where he raised. It's believable that it could have been that place and outside Jerusalem in this garden area. But it didn't take a lot of faith to go in there. You know what I'm saying? It was daylight. <laughs> We didn't expect a body to be there. But it's a different story here for these ladies. They entered into the sepulcher. And I just want to say they did that by faith. And their faith was rewarded. Look in verse 5. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw... I have that, those two words highlighted in my Bible. They saw a young man sitting on the right, hand, right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. They saw a young man. This young man was an angel. Uh, the other Gospels make it clear that there were two angels that were in the garden at that time, but Mark only mentions the one here. But the point I want to emphasize today is this is the way faith works. They went in by faith, because they wanted to honor the Lord that they loved, they went in not knowing how they, would, how they would even get in the tomb. But when they got there, they saw the stone rolled away. They went when they could not see, and when they got there, they saw. They went into the tomb, and once they got into the tomb, they saw an angel inside. There's a pattern here, and that is this. When a person obeys what they really cannot see how it's going to turn out, God blesses that. That's what faith is about. I'm reminded of the passage 
familiar to many of us in Hebrews 11 where it says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God rewards faith. God rewards when we do something and trust in God. Even though we cannot see it, it would have been easy for these women not to have gone out there that morning. It would have been easier for them to wait and say, let the disciples go out there. They're the ones that knew Him the best. It would be easy for them not to go inside the tomb for fear of what they might see when they got in there. But they did this all by faith. And what was their, what, what was their frame of mind? I want to repeat a couple of things here we looked at her. Look in verse 5. It says that when they went in and saw this young man, they were affrighted. There's a word you probably haven't used yet today. Affrighted. They were stricken with fear. Stricken with amazement. I don't do it as much as I used to because I'm uh, older and I won't say wiser. But I love scaring people. And there are people in this room that I've scared the daylights out of before, but I don't do it so much because I'm afraid they'll do it back to me. I've scared, I don't scare my wife like I used to. I'm mean, occasionally I'll gently scare her, but not much. I love to scare people. So they go into this tomb and they are terrified. They're, they're actually, the word the Bible uses is a good word, is affrighted. They were stricken with this amazement. Every step for them is a step of faith and fear. Faith in the company of fear. Faith mixed with fear. You know, I I, want to emphasize this today because I think fear sometimes stands in the way of many people following God. They're afraid. They're afraid of what others might think. One of the, you've heard me say this many times before, but one of the real regrets that I have in life is that I didn't live for the Lord and serve the Lord as a teenager. Uh, I'd been to church as a, as, a teen, as a child. My mother took us to church faithfully. I'd heard the gospel many times. But I, I made a lot of foolish decisions in my life, and a lot of them were because of peer pressure, because of the influence of others. And there are probably people sitting in this room today that if you'd be honest, you would be doing more for the Lord if it wasn't for the fear of what people might say or what people might think. And these women, I I highlight this in these women because they too were afraid, but it didn't stop them from doing what God wanted them to do. It didn't stop them from going forward by faith. People fear. They fear what their friends are going to think. They fear what might happen. What could happen? A lot could happen in a graveyard in the dark. They, we could fear what might happen. We could fear what, what might go wrong. There are people, perhaps even here today, are fearful that if they really completely turned their life over to God, what He might want them to do with their life. But you know what? You can trust God. You don't have to be afraid. Or maybe the fear of failing. The fear of falling. How many times, if you'd think back in your life, how many times have we been afraid even when doing the thing that we knew God wanted us to do? 
Don't think because you're timid or shy or fearful about it does not mean that God doesn't want you to do it. Maybe he wants you to step out by faith along with your fears and do what God wants you to do. I was thinking uh, this morning, because we're going to receive a, a special offering uh, today, I was thinking about our, my wife and I's history, and it's a blessing to have uh, Mrs. Murray here today and, and Steve and Terry, but Mrs. Murray and I were in the same church in, in Texas in 1975 and 76 and moved here at the end of 1976. So we, we have a long connection with each other. And she'll be able to relate to this. But our pastor at that time, Ralph Gossett, he would challenge us to pray about stuff. Pray about offerings. Pray about what you're going to do. Seek the Lord. Let God show you. And I remember a distinct time, my wife may remember this, when we were praying about some, I don't even know what the offering was for, but we prayed about it. And I, I was just really impressed, and we were impressed, that God wanted us to give a substantial offering you know to us it was very substantial as a matter of fact it was almost everything we had but you know we just really felt impressed that God wanted to do it us to do that and we did it and you know what God always blesses that God blesses obedience and I think it's important for all of us to understand that every time you're supposed to do something that God wants you to do or something right it doesn't it doesn't mean you're not going to be a, a mixture of un, a mixture of doubt or a mixture of uncertainty or a, a mixture of, of whatever the case may be. Yesterday we had um, a good number of our people, over 20 people, I think, went out knocking doors and carrying literature in the n- neighborhood. And you know what? When you go out and start talking to strangers and sharing the gospel or inviting them to church, there's there's going to be a little bit of nervousness sometimes. I mean, does that so, so if you're sitting here thinking, I want to do what God wants me to do, I'm just waiting for all of my inhibitions to go away, that's not what faith is. Faith is doing what you believe God wants you to do, in spite of the fact that you may have some fears while you're doing that. What about people who teach a Bible lesson? What about people who feel like God wants them to be in a ministry of teaching or preaching? What about a person who teaches a Sunday school class? What about any of these things? You know, God wants us to trust Him. And if God God puts something in our heart, then we ought to do it. Even if we feel a bit of fear in doing so. I'm not going to do this, but there are many people in this room, if I could call on them, and say, how did you feel the first time you gave a public testimony? How did you feel the first time that you uh, preached a sermon or taught a Sunday school class or went to a stranger's door to talk to them? And you know what? They would all say, I had this butterflies or nervousness about it. But you know what? We can't let that stop us. Here's the way we want it to work. We want to see how it's going to turn out in order to believe. But that's not the way God set it up. God's word teaches us that if we'll obey him and trust him, then he will work and we will see. Many people in this room tonight or today would say they've trusted Christ, they have the assurance they're going to go to heaven. But you know what? None of you were at the cross when Jesus died. None of you saw the blood 
that spattered around the cross when Jesus hung there. We didn't, we never heard him cry, it is finished when he hung up the cross on the cross and gave up the ghost. We didn't see that. We didn't, we, all, the th- all we had was what the Word of God told us. And we believed based on what the Bible says. And you know what happened? God raised us from the dead. God changed our life. God gave us new life. He, and then He opened our eyes to a whole world that we never even knew existed. Because we believed. I've never seen the throne of God. I've never heard the angels sing, holy, holy, holy. I've never looked on the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. I've never taken crowns and thrown him at his feet, thrown them at his feet. But because we believe it, it's as real as if we'd actually seen it. That's how faith works. The women were afraid, but they didn't let their fear stop them. What if, what if all of us today would come to the place by the grace of God to say, if I believe the Lord wants me to do something, even if I'm afraid, I'm going to do it for His glory. And you know what will happen? You'll see, just like they saw and saw and saw. So what, what happened in verse 6 is this angel said to them, he saith unto them, be not affrighted. Don't be afraid. That's, I'm thinking they'd probably say, that's easy for you to say. You know. Don't be afraid. You're looking for Jesus? Look in verse 6. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. Behold, there's another invitation to look behold the place where they laid him and just think about what they were able to see what these women were able to see because their faith they saw that the stone had been rolled away they saw an angel sitting in the tomb they saw the empty tomb and I ask myself today what do we miss sometimes because we do not by faith in the presence of our fear follow the Lord now what was their assignment this is the last thing we'll notice in our text look in verse 7 This angel says, after telling them not to be afraid, verse 7, but go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. I want you, I've got an assignment for you. Jesus has an assignment for you. This is what he wants you to do. Go and Go your way, in verse 7, tell his disciples and Peter. I think it's very interesting today, noteworthy, that the, the group of people who would take the good news of the resurrection to the apostles was not another preacher, it wasn't an angel, it was these faithful women who moved out in spite of their fears and did what they knew was the right thing to do. Go tell the disciples, and by the way, we'll cover this maybe next week, but in the next weeks to come. But even when these women came and told the disciples, they didn't believe what they said. It's worth mentioning in verse 7 that this angel said, Go your way, tell his disciples and Peter. Why the special, why the special mention of Peter? God especially wanted Peter to know that I'm alive 
and I'll meet you in Galilee. And by the way, God wants us to know the same thing. The reason Peter needed to know this was because he's the one that denied the Lord three times. He had ignored the clear warnings of Jesus. You better prepare yourself, Peter, because something is about to happen. Peter was probably drowning in guilt, drowning in shame. You know what Peter needed to know? He didn't need to know the Lord still wanted him. The Lord had a future for him. That he didn't have to let his failure of the past dictate, determine what his future looks like. And by the way, isn't it good to know that today? That even if we've fallen, even if we've failed, even if we've let the Lord down, that God still has a place for us in his work. So what was their assignment? Go tell the disciples that Jesus is alive and tell them that I will go before them and I will meet them in Galilee. Now again, that's just another territory for us, but Galilee is where they spent most of their time with him. Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee, was where he fed the multitudes and where he healed the demoniac. Tell them, I'm going to go back to Galilee. We'll meet there in Galilee. So that was their assignment. Go your way and tell his disciples. Go and tell. Now, think with me for a moment, if you would. These women that probably were unnoticed, overlooked by the rest of the disciples, by the crowds around the, the cross, these women had been shown some very special things. As a matter of fact, the angel said that he's alive, but the first person that Jesus actually showed himself alive to was Mary Magdalene, one of these women. But he says to them, there's... I don't want you just to know this. I want you to go tell this. I want you to go tell somebody. Go tell these disciples what, what you've been told. This is what the angel said. Go and tell them. Give them the good news. And by the way, this is so applicable to me for all of us. God doesn't show us things just so we can know them. God shows us things so we can share it with others. God lets us in on his truth so we can spread the good news to other people, that we can share it with others. That's what God wants all of us to do. We ought to be, we ought to be telling other people what the Lord has done for us. We ought to be sharing the good news with him. Give someone else the gospel. Invite someone to come and sit with you in church to hear the gospel. You know, the best, the best PR, the best advertisement for a church is the testimony of its members. There are people here today, been for the first time here, because someone invited them to come. That's the way it's supposed to work. You say, well, let the preacher do that. No, it, if you know anything, if you've tasted, as we heard this morning, that the Lord is good, then you ought to tell other people about the goodness of God and encourage them to come. Now, how did these women respond? Look in verse 8. It says, and they, talking about these women, went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they... Even at this point, for they trembled and were amazed, neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. They were still trembling. They were still amazed. They were afraid. But they went out and did exactly what the Lord wanted them to do. So I, when I read this today, and I thought about this passage, 
This is a thing, and you can tell it by the, what I'm saying today, preaching and teaching, that faith doesn't always have everything figured out. Faith doesn't know what the outcome is always going to be. But faith goes forward trusting in God. And God rewards that. I like, I like to think about these ladies today. I mean, where are you going to find serious, faithful followers? How about these women right here? Examples of living by faith. Trembling, yes. Nervous, yes. Doubting some, yes. Not understanding fully, yes. But God rewarded their faith. Don't let your fears stop you from doing what God wants you to do. And for some of you today, the most important step that you could make would be for you to personally receive this Jesus as your Savior. Put your faith and trust in Him. For some of you, you've heard the gospel. But have you, have you really genuinely turned from your sin and put your faith in Christ? Do you know for sure you're going to heaven? If I was sitting here today, and this may not apply to anyone, but if I was sitting here today and every time I hear words like I'm saying right now, my, my mind goes to, well, what will my friend think? Or what will my whatever? I would take this as a personal message for you to forget about what your friends think and do what you know God wants you to do. And you'll never regret that. And we would like to think, as I said earlier, we would like to think that as Christians that we would just always instantly, immediately, fully surrender every aspect of our life to the Lord. But the truth is, sometimes we don't. And usually, I think it's safe to say this, usually it's not because we don't know what to do. It's not because we don't understand what to do. It's not because we think it'd be the wrong thing to do. It's because we have these fears mixed in with our faith. And faith wins out. But wouldn't it be good today if we just decided no more? No more. I think I said fear wins out, but fear does win out. We don't want fear to win out. We want faith to win in our life today. And if just today we just said, you know, God, this is an area of my life that I want to step out by faith and trust you and see what God will do. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Thank you for your attention today to the Word of God. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. What is it today that you believe God would have you to do? What is it today that maybe fear has kept you Uncertainty and fear has kept you from doing. I want to challenge you today, personally, privately, between you and God, right where you sit. Say, Lord, I, I want to, I'm going to step out by faith and do this. I'm not going to, I'm going to let my fear stand in the way anymore. Could be witnessing to a friend. Could be going to someone who needs the Lord. Could be making something right with someone that you need to make right.
whatever the case might be, I challenge you today. Say, Lord, I'm going to follow the example of the Word and follow the example of these ladies. And by faith, I'm going to obey you. And for some of you, that may mean today, I want to, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for my salvation. We'll be standing here at the front in just a moment. If you need someone to pray with, you want to talk to someone about getting saved, you say, that's what I need to do, I need the Lord in my life, you come. We'll talk with you and pray with you about that and get you pointed in the right direction. Our Father, as we pray today, I want to thank you for your word. And I thank you, God, for examples in the Bible, and they're numerous, of people who obeyed you in the face of, of doubt, the face of fear, in the face of uncertainty. And yet, knowing enough of your truth, they have obeyed you. And Lord, we, we see that in these women, and we want to follow that example. And I pray today for people in this room that are thinking, I, I do that. I let fear win the day sometimes. God, help us today to put our trust in you.